Well, good afternoon, East Cobb Church. What a beautiful day. Isn't it a beautiful day? You loving this weather, man? I was outside. I was like, I, I actually said, we got to have the windows open. It's so beautiful outside today. Um, hey to you guys in the room, wherever the camera is. Hey to you guys, all you fall breakers tuning in, uh, either live or during the week as you're off doing your vacation somewhere. Um, my family's going to be joining you. We're going to be going down to Jacksonville to meet with our, to be with our um, in-law, my in-laws, my wife's family. So I um, hope you guys are having a good fall break. If this is your first time, I'm Jamie. I'm the pastor of East Cobb Church. We're in the middle of a season in our church, which is really powerful. And um, it's actually such an amazing season that you might actually have heard of it. It's gotten kind of famous around Atlanta. It's called Be Rich. And it's where we as a family of churches, and by the way, churches all across the um, country and some internationally, we just give, serve, and love as much as we can to our communities, no strings attached. Uh, we give, and 100% of it we just give away uh, to needs and organizations that are doing stuff and great work on the ground for some of the deepest needs in our country and our culture and, and around the world. So we're in the middle of that season right now, and it's so exciting. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today and got a very fun action step at the end of our service. In fact, I'm going to end a little early to give you some time to go, uh, as Nick mentioned, and meet some really amazing people. But before we do that, I want to get you thinking in the right direction. I've got a question to start us out today. Do you remember what you wanted to be as a kid when you grew up. Anybody remember something that you, you wanted to be as a kid? Give me, a, give me an example. I see some heads shaking. What, what do you want to be? You're, I see a kid over here. You want to be a vet. Anybody else remember adults? Anybody in the room? You remember? I saw you shaking your head. You remember? What did you want to be? A veterinarian. Look, she's, she wanted, are you a veterinarian? You are not, in fact, a veterinarian. Uh, <laughs> I bet we all maybe could remember, or maybe if, you know, your parents are, are with us, you could, they could tell you or remind you, yeah, you wanted to be this, that, or the other. I wanted to be a garbage man. My mom has told me that's forever. She's like, you know, honestly, you, you so bad wanted to be a garbage man growing up. Uh, I got four kids. This is my family right here, uh, and these are all of them. Only two of them are old enough to have any kind of idea. Cashman wants to be a football player because we just started playing football, and that's Peyton, and she wants to be a cleaner because she is mommy's little helper and cleans like a champ, and she told me that just like a couple days ago, Daddy, when I grow up, can I be a cleaner? And I'm like, you can, absolutely. And in the meantime, you practice right here at the house. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we all had those ideas as a kid at some point, and as we grew up, those ideas obviously just grew up with us, right? And they started to be informed by what we thought was cool or what we enjoyed doing or what we, you know, maybe at some point it was what we thought would make us a lot of money or give us a lot of stuff or, or, um, or yeah, but what we um, were passionate about. Those things started to evolve. Or maybe the older you got, you actually lost the idea of what you wanted to do and you were in high school going like, I don't even know anymore. I have no idea. And everybody's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, maybe that was you. You remember that. But whatever the case, it is true that the older we got the more stressful that question became. You remember that? Because as we got older, you know, maybe by the time you get into high school or for sure by the time you get into college, not only does that question, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up, get more real, but it gets bigger. Because not only, by the time you get that age, not only do you just have a destination in mind of where you want to go someday in life, but you are old enough to have, to have realized or seen or maybe somebody old enough to somebody have shown you the daunting steps it's going to take to get there. 
Like, oh, you want to be a football player one day. Well, you know what? If you practice really hard and, you know, you get on the team and you work your way to a starting position and then you get a scholarship to college and you go play for a great school and you score a lot of touchdowns, then maybe, just maybe, you can make it in the NFL and you can be a football player. Or, hey, you want to be a businessman like your daddy one day. Well, you know what? You got to do well in school and you got to get in a good college and go to a good business school and you got to get some work experience. And if you work hard and you get the right opportunities, then maybe you can get in a corporation, start climbing that ladder and you'll get there one day and you too can maybe have your own business or whatever. Whatever. And then that just for every category. You want to be a musician or you want to be an actor or you want to be a vet? Well, maybe, you know, here's what you need to do. You need to do well in school and then learn about animals and so on and so forth. That's just a, uh, you know, a, a universal experience that we all have from as early as we can remember and as early as we can, could even understand, whether it was parents or teachers or coaches, somebody started giving us one of these to climb. A destination in mind that maybe was ever evolving, but also some, some stairs to get here. And this was totally me as a kid growing up. Man, I was an ambitious little kid. I had big dreams and plans. And now you put any staircase in front of me, and I was like, let's go. And I just started chugging up it. I mean, if it was grades, I wanted to get all A's. If it was, what do you want to, you know, a career you want to have? I want to I have an awesome career, and I want to make a lot of money, and I have a big house, and I want to have everything. You know, if it was college, I didn't want to just get into college. I wanted a scholarship. If it was sports, I didn't want to just be on the team. I wanted to start in the game. Didn't always work out. But, you know, nevertheless, that's what I wanted. I mean, you put in front of me a staircase to climb and a destination, and I was like, let's go. And man, I, like many of you, I started climbing up staircases or up the whatever, you know, when I was a kid, and like many of you, I'm, I never stopped. You know, I'm still chugging away in one way or another, and so, so are you. I mean, we might have different levels of ambition, sure. We might have different definitions of what it means to reach the top different things that we're going for. We might have different approaches to life. Sure, we have different dreams for our lives, but we're all climbing. We're all climbing to some destination and um, hoping that we get there. I mean, it's kind of just like in our DNA as human beings that we like look ahead to the future and set goals and we start going after them. It's definitely in our DNA as a culture. I mean, are you kidding? There's nothing more American, right, than like pick a staircase and see how high you can climb. Like that's like the definition of American dream. And, and, and you know, you, you start out wanting to be a fireman and then it's uh, in middle school and high school and then it's like, well, what college do you want to get into? And then it's like after that, it's like, well, what job do you want to have when you get into your 20s? And then you're in your 20s and you start thinking about like, what's my family and my whole, my, my picture of life going to look like? Like the house the car, maybe the kids, if that's what you want. Like, what are you going for? And then you get in your 30s, and it's a nicer house and a nicer car or a second house or whatever. And then not just for you, you all of a sudden maybe have kids in your 30s, and you're now start having, dreaming about the staircase for them. Like, how, how old are they going to become, and where are they going to go one day, and what are they going to do, you know? And then you get in your 40s, and it's maybe that, like, in-game promotion or that net worth number or that asset you've always dreamed of. I mean, no matter how old you get, like, we still are climbing one of these, in one way or another, it's just kind of a thing that we do. It's kind of ingrained in us and it's ingrained in our culture. And the hope of the whole thing is, is that if you climb, you know, fast enough and you climb high enough, then maybe, maybe at some point you'll like, you'll get there. You'll get to the top. You'll be one of the lucky few that makes it all the way to the top of whatever it is that you're hoping for and you're dreaming of. And you'll get there and you'll go, ah, oh, finally, I'm here, I've arrived. I have everything I've ever wanted, accomplished everything I ever wanted. And, you know, this right here, this is, this is kind of the dream. This is what we're all climbing towards in general. I mean, sure, we, 
we may have different staircases, right? And we could each identify what, we're, you know, what our ambitions are and what our dreams are in life. But our culture has always been very clear where we're climbing to. I mean, you, you know, whether you would say it's being successful or being wealthy or being, having security or being free or being famous or being liked or being popular, or being beautiful. I mean, you could use a bunch of different words. The word I like to use that I think kind of captures what it is that we collectively are climbing for is just this word right here. Man, that, this is the dream right here. We just want to be blessed. Yeah, I want to be blessed. I want my life to be blessed. I know that's kind of a, it has a it's a word that has religious connotations. So that word, it, it means marked. If you look it up in Webster, it means marked by good fortune, by prosperity, and by contentment. And oftentimes it's linked to God blessing your life. But I just like that word because I feel like it just encompasses everything. No matter what it is that you're looking for or what you're going for, man, we want to be blessed. That's what I want. I want to be blessed. And we use that word even if we're not very religious. You know, you kind of like want to be up on Instagram like, oh, we're just so hashtag blessed to be in Fiji this weekend. You know, mm. uh, you know, or you want to be at the ball field and the other dad's like, hey, what do you do? And they tell him about your life. And they're like, oh man, you got it going on. And you're like, yeah, 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 we're blessed. We feel blessed. You know, you kind of want to be able to like throw that word in there like, yeah, we're blessed. And, but this is what we're in the end of the day. I think all of us would say that kind of encompasses it. Or at least the word I like to use. We're climbing the stairs. I hope one day I'm going to get there and people will look at my life and I'll look at my life and go, yeah, yeah, man, I'm blessed. Now, whatever word you would use personally, we're all climbing. And like I said, when I was a kid, this is what I was all about. I was like busy up on the staircase, like dreaming and scheming and like, you know, making my way to the top and, or at least hoping that I could. And, you know, I was thinking about it this week. You know what always bothered me? especially as a kid. You know what always haunted me as a young person and maybe even still to this day to some extent? Stories like this. Tom Brady, you remember that interview several years ago? He had, I think, won super, three Super Bowls at a time, had more money, knew what to do with, married to a supermodel, and they interview him and like, Tom, you like, you're set, you've made it, you have everything you ever wanted in life, and his response was something like, yeah, man, I mean, it's great, but I kind of find myself just going, is this it? I mean, there's got to be more than this, right? <laughs> I was like, what? What? You, what? There's got to be more? Are you kidding me? Or uh, I remember Warren Buffett. He said it again recently. I remember Warren Buffett saying, I mean, this guy's an icon of wealth and money and investment. And someone asked him about like, hey, how much money do you think you have to have to be happy? And Warren's like, oh, man, if there's anything I've learned about money, money's never going to make you happy. I'm sorry. What? Are you kidding me? Or, or even worse, like stories of wildly successful people, like you know, music stars or movie stars or business people or entrepreneurs or inventors or artists or politicians. I mean, people who like literally made it to the top, who have more than you or I have even have dreamed of having, that they had all the success and yet somehow the success wrecked them. Those stories bothered me. Like they were amazingly successful, but when you pulled back like the veil on their lives, what we, we all looked at it and went like, ooh, oh my gosh. Like their family was in disarray or their marriage was falling apart or their kids were estranged or their, or their personal lives were out of control or they just weren't happy. You could just tell they were like desperate or addicted or just looking for more, looking for more. And you're like, what happened? I mean, you got everything. How in the world did you get to this point? Those stories bothered me. And they bothered me because I wanted to be where they were. And I'm like, well, how in the world did that happen? You had everything. What went wrong? Like, how in the world could you not be entirely happy? How could you not be entirely fulfilled? How could something be missing from your life? And it bothered me because I knew how to get to where they were. Yeah, just pick a, pick a staircase and climb, whichever one it is that you feel like you're in. You go pick a staircase and climb and see if you can get to the top. I knew how to get to where they were, but 
If I found myself in their shoes one day, like I made it, and I still was saying and feeling what they were saying and feeling, man, I didn't know what to do about that. I didn't know what to do about that. I, got, I, didn't, I didn't like the, the possibility that that could be the case. That like even the greatest of us, for even the greatest of us being blessed might not be enough. That really bothered me. And I think that's a little unsettling for all of us, no matter who you are. Like I think it's unsettling because we are blessed. Like we talked about that last week, Andy did. Like we're all blessed, every single one of us in the room. Perhaps not all of us are blessed by our neighborhood standards, you know what I mean? But like by the world standards, we're all incredibly blessed materially and physically and in so many different ways. And I think it's a little bit unsettling to think that that might not ever be enough for us. What's even more unsettling, perhaps, especially for those of us who are still climbing, you know, if you're still walking up some stairs that, that you have, you know, in your life, it might be rather unsettling, this suggestion that even if you become more successful than you are, even if you climb higher than you currently are now, even if you climb higher than any of us ever do, ever even dream of, it still will not guarantee that you will be happy. It still will not guarantee that you will be fulfilled. It still will not guarantee that when it's all said and done, that you enjoy and protect the things that you love most. Too many people have climbed to the top and found differently. And that's, that's rather unsettling. And that's why I want to look at a passage today. In the, it's in the Old Testament. And it's a passage that records a historical moment when God promised a man everything. Like everything. And uh, why I think this passage is important is because he not only promises a man everything, like all of the being blessed you could ever want, it's important for us and maybe even urgent for us today to tune into it because he also simultaneously, simultaneously tells him what to do with it. Tells him where to point it, how to manage it, how to guarantee in the end of the day that it all ends up in the place that he hopes that it will. And I do believe this, found this to be true in my life, and uh, I believe this for you as well. I believe that whether or not you do what he says, what God tells this man, I think it might determine whether you are fulfilled in life or whether you feel empty, whether success wrecks your life or whether it makes it better, whether your kids respect you, whether your grandkids wanna go to your funeral, I believe it'll impact whether or not your spouse in the end of the day is happy that they married you. I think it'll determine what people say about you when you're gone. And if you're a Jesus follower, I believe that it will determine whether and to what extent our lives count for what God is doing in our city and in our world. And I want, I want to talk about a man named Abraham. That's the story I want to talk about briefly today, a man named Abraham. Abraham, next to Jesus, next to Jesus, Abraham is probably the most famous character in the Bible. Isn't that true? Every single one of you knows his name. I mean, three of the major world religions point back to him as the, you know, the, the beginning of their faith or one of the originators of their faith, Abraham. Now, Abraham wasn't always born, you know, he wasn't born famous. He wasn't born a great, great man. He was a part of a nomadic clan in the land of Ur in ancient Mesopotamia. And they were herders. They just, you know, herded sheep and goats and whatever else. Uh, Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about his personal life, though we do know he had a wife named Sarah. Sarai was her original name. Some of you know the story behind that. Um, he had a father, and um, he had parents, obviously, and he had two brothers. One of his brothers, interestingly, evidently married the daughter of the older brother, which is weird. Uh, I guess they were originally from Mississippi or something, but um, <laughs> it's just a joke. Don't, uh, don't offend somebody, sorry. Um, <laughs> and, but here's the thing. Abraham 
was not originally named Abraham. He was born and given the name Abram. But Abraham had an encounter with God that ended up changing not only his life, but it ended up changing his very name. And that's where we're going to pick up in the story. So this is post, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden and post Noah and the flood. This is after all that. The world's in disarray and in chaos and, and fallen. And then here in this moment, God is coming back on the scene of history to start something new and to do what he's been up to all along. And that is bring redemption to the world. And that's where this conversation of Abraham is set in history. And it says this, the Lord said to Abram at the time, his name was Abram, which means exalted father, go from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. So God shows up on the scene with a really big ask. Hey, Abram, um, leave home and never come back. And I'm going to go somewhere where I, I'm not going to tell you where, but you just go and I'll tell you when you're there. <laughs> Huge ask. Imagine if God showed up at your house and was like, hey, bro, hey, girl, what's up? Um, pack your bags, get in the car, we're going to leave and you're not going to come back. Where are we going? I'll tell you when you get there. You'd be like, why in the world would I do that? And I'm sure Abram asked the same question. And what God says in response, what he says next, is what changed Abram's life forever. It's what changed his name forever, and it's why you still know his name to this very day. Every single one of you and every single one of your friends knows his name for what happens and what is said. Next, God says this. Oh, here's why. Because I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. Whoo! Jackpot. Okay, I didn't know we were talking about that. Big ask, backed up by a big promise. Hey, I'm making a big ask of you, Abraham, but just before you say no, let me tell you what I'm gonna do. I got a big promise for you. I'm gonna make you into a great nation. Like one day, your people are gonna be a super power. They're gonna be powerful in the world and in its region, and people are gonna know about your country. Hello, Israel is the name of the country to this day. Uh, and I will bless you. Abraham, your people are gonna be prosperous. They're going to be living in cities and palaces and have the nice things. I mean, think Solomon in the glory days of the old kingdom. I mean, this is what God was looking towards, looking forward to. I'm going to bless you. You're going to have incredible prosperity. And oh, by the way, your name is going to be great. Not only is everybody going to know the name of your people, they're going to know the name of your people for centuries and centuries and centuries, but also they're all going to remember that it was you at the beginning. People are going to name people after you because of what's about to happen. Abraham, everybody's gonna know your name. I mean, what an offer. What an amazing, amazing offer. Uh, and I mean, and could we capture it any better? I mean, come on, could we more fully capture what we're going for as individuals or as a culture or as a country? I think not. I mean, we're like, yes, this pretty much sums it up. We want to be blessed with power. We would like to be blessed with prosperity and we would like to be blessed with popularity. We could just stop right there, put a period at the end of that sentence and call it a day. That is all what we're climbing to, no matter which staircase you happen to have. We're all climbing to that right there. I'd love to have some, some power, some prosperity and some popularity. Yes, please, we could just put a period at the end of that sentence. But what comes next is so, 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 so important and is the point of today because while we might think, in general, while we might think that this is all there is, being blessed, God does not. While we might think that we'll be content with this, yes, please, that sounds awesome, God does not. And while we might just go ahead and put a period at the end of that sentence, in this moment to Abraham, God does not. God puts a comma, and he says, I'm not done yet. There's more to the sentence. Because Abraham, 
if you're just blessed in the end of the day, or hey, East Cobb Church, if you're just blessed in the end of the day, or hey, Atlanta, Cobb, Roswell, if you're just blessed in the end of the day, you're not done yet. You're not done yet. You haven't arrived yet. Like you got a great job, that's awesome, but you're not done yet. You got a lot of wealth, congratulations, that's great, but, but you're not done yet. You've risen to the top of the ranks, to the top of the charts, to the top of the list, that's awesome, proud of you, but you're not done yet. In fact, if you end up being one of those people that you get everything you've ever dreamed of, you have more than any of us have ever imagined, that is incredible, but you are not done yet because there is a comma at the end of that sentence and this one comma, it makes all the difference in the world. And it's in this next phrase that what God does is he takes Abraham's eyes and his passion and his energy and the direction of his life and Abraham's purpose and he lifts it off of just being blessed and he places it on something else, something better, something more profound and powerful, something more vital to your future and my future and your joy and my joy. And it's this. He says, and you shall be a blessing. And you shall be a blessing. There, my friends, is something more important than being blessed. There's something more than being blessed. There's something more important than being blessed. There's something missing if you are just blessed. And it's this right here that you would be a blessing that who you are and how you live and what you do with all your blessedness, whatever level you happen to have, that what you do with that would somehow be a blessing to those in your wake, to those around you, to those down the street, to those in your own home, in your own workplace, that your life would somehow bestow provision and generosity and compassion and kindness and restoration and maybe even rescue and help and love and blessing on the lives of others. Being a blessing. Y'all, that's why your kids are gonna respect you. That's why your grandkids are gonna wanna come to your funeral. That's why your spouse is gonna be happy. He or she married you, not because you were blessed, but because of you were a blessing to those around you. Uh, that's the difference between a life and a career that are fulfilling and one that feel kind of empty. That's the difference between a great legacy and just an okay one, not being blessed, but how you were a blessing. This is how you are gonna judge your current stage of life when it's all said and done. It's how your friends and neighbors and coworkers are gonna judge you when you're no longer in their life. And by the way, it's how God is gonna judge whether or not he is glad he blessed you with what he did to begin with, not by how blessed you were, but by how and to what extent you were a blessing. Man, I'm telling you, no matter who you are, you know this is true. You've lived long enough to know this is true. Or maybe not you, young lady, but most of us have lived long enough to know that this is true. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter if you're Christian or not, at the end of your life, if you have regrets, I'm telling you, it is not going to be that you wish you had been more blessed. No one ever says that. At the end of life, when people are looking back, if they have and articulate regrets, they never say, man, I just wish I'd been more blessed. I just wish I'd had a little more stuff. No, 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 no. If you have regrets at the end of your life, it's gonna be in the realm of I wish I'd been more of a blessing. 
I wish I'd loved more. I wish I'd made more of a difference. I wish I'd given away. I wish I'd spent more time with him or her. I wish I'd invested more in them or I'd done more to, to, to solve that problem. If you and I have regrets in the end of our lives, it's gonna be because we put a period at the end of that sentence rather than a comma and we settled for just being blessed. That's why. But I think if you're a Jesus follower, I think the stakes are even higher because y'all, I mean, if there's gonna be a way that you and I risk missing what God wants to do with your life or being blind to what he's trying to do in our city and our community, or if there's a way that we're gonna risk failing to bring the blessing of Jesus to East Cobb and the surrounding communities and to wherever it is that you live, it's most likely gonna be because we put a period at the end of that sentence and we settle for just being blessed and we don't put a comma. I'm telling you, no matter who you are, this one thing, it makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. And I believe God is leaning in to you and to me today and all you guys watching online and saying, hey, don't settle for being blessed. Hey, Jamie. Hey, families in the audience. Hey, East Cobb Church. Hey, Atlanta. Don't settle for being blessed. Don't settle for being blessed. Be a blessing. Don't settle for being blessed. Be a blessing. Change that period into a comma because you are not done yet. You're not done yet. Too many people. Don't shoot for this. Don't make your life about this. Too many people have ascended to the very top and reported back that it feels kind of empty, that it feels kind of incomplete, that it didn't really deliver on the promise that they thought it would. And here's why. Because being blessed is simply a waypoint. It's not a destination. Let me, let me say that again. Being blessed is great, y'all. And I mean, I hope that you are. I believe you already are. And I hope you are more blessed than you ever dreamed that you could be. But being blessed is not the destination that God created you for. Being simply blessed is not the thing that your soul is looking and yearning for. Being blessed is not the life that you are looking for. No, it is simply a waypoint along the way. You were made to be a blessing. You were made to be a blessing. And as long as we settle for this, as long as we stop short, like here, then you and I are gonna constantly find it to be kinda empty. We're gonna constantly have this haunting sense that we're only halfway, because we are. We're gonna find ourselves joining people like Tom Brady or whoever, or Warren Buffett or others. John McEnroe has a famous story about this, where you get everything that you ever want and you go, man, it kinda feels like I'm not there yet. Like there's gotta be more, right? And as long as you and I just stop here or just make this what our lives are about, we're gonna risk missing out on like the best things in life, the deepest, most profound, most amazing things that life has to offer. We're gonna risk, this is important, we're gonna risk prioritizing as ends things that are just means. Let me say that again. We're gonna risk prioritizing as ends things that are simply means. Like we're gonna risk prioritizing money when the whole point was provision like providing for our family and for those in need. We're gonna risk prioritizing like assets when the whole point was relationships, like experiences with your family, fond memories and being, having intimacy with those that you love. We're gonna risk prioritizing like just success when the whole point was productivity and generosity and contributing back and giving back to the city that you live in. We're gonna risk getting to the end of our lives and having all the means we ever dreamed of but still feeling empty because we actually don't have any of the ends or we get only a shadow of them. And you see what I'm saying? Like this whole thing that I'm talking about here, it's not that God wants something 
from you. Like God's like, no, I don't want you to be blessed. Well, of course God wants you to be blessed. God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. And by the way, for those around you and those that you live next to, this is why he blessed you and wants to bless you in the first place. You are blessed to be a blessing. That's the whole point. You're blessed to be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing, so don't settle. Don't settle. Please don't you dare make your life about something so like low as simply being blessed. No way. Aim higher. Aim higher. Just decide, and I'm hoping you will together with me today, uh, just decide that, hey, no matter how blessed I get, I mean, and I hope you do, and I hope I am blessed, but no matter how blessed I get, my life is already about something far more significant and profound, and by the way, far more fulfilling that I'm gonna try with the days that I have on earth to be as much of a blessing as I possibly can to those around me, starting with those that I love, starting with those that God's just put already around me. Don't settle for being blessed, be a blessing. And by the way, aren't you glad that Abraham didn't? Because you know, when, when God says, um, hey, he said this later, through, all, through you, all families of the earth are gonna be blessed. Y'all know who uh, Abraham's descendant was? Anybody? Yeah, somebody said it. Jesus, yeah. And that's what God was talking about. You're gonna bless every single family on planet earth because through you, I'm gonna bring Jesus of Nazareth, whom I believe and many of you believe was the son of God who died for your sins and rose from the dead so that you could too. You wanna to talk about blessing. So don't settle for being blessed, be a blessing. And so the point of today, and we're about to be done here and we're gonna go kind of extra, put this into, into action. Um, the goal of today is that I'm hoping you walk out of here and you'll just do this right here, that you will upgrade your goals. Um, oh, nope, that's not the slide hat. You keep that up though, that you will upgrade your goals. And here's what I mean. I bet you perhaps already have these kind of goals in your life. You have blessed goals. Like, man, I wanna have this much money one day. I wanna be able to like have this much margin one day. We'd like to have a vacation home one day, whatever they may be for you. I'd like to have this career, this opportunity, this kind of family, whatever. But what I'm hoping that you'll do this week is take a few minutes and go through the exercise of maybe adding to your life, um, or if you don't have goals, maybe doing this for the first time, but adding to your life these kind of goals, blessing goals. I know you got these. I would love for us to spend the week thinking about and maybe even writing down, putting to paper some of these. Because if you don't, if you only have blessed goals, the risk you're gonna run is that this is exactly where you'll end up. And the only problem is you'll get there, but you won't be done yet. There's gotta be a comma. And I want you to put blessing goals in front of you because it is always, because, uh-oh. I thought I was about to die. All right, here I'm back. Um, I was like, all right, God, take me. Um, <laughs> blessing goals. Uh, you need to put them in front of you because it's so easy to settle. So for example, I, I wrote some down. I, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe you'll take some time this week and maybe um, write down some blessing goals and maybe here are some examples. Like in your finances, uh, it's like, hey, I wanna be worth this much one day, but you write a blessing goal of, well, one day I wanna give away Y amount or X percentage. See, that's a blessing goal. Um, or I want to excel at work. That's a blessed goal. But a blessing goal would mean, like, but I want to be a great dad and a faithful, loving, present husband or wife along the way. That's a blessing goal. Um, 
or I want to have friends and I just want to have great community and I want to have great times and wonderful memories and maybe that's a blessed goal and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I want that too. But maybe next to that you write, but I, but I also want to help those that aren't my immediate circle. Like I want to help the homeless or I want to help hurting friends or jobless friends or uh, down on their luck friends. I want to have a blessing goal in that area. I mean, you get the point on and on. But I would love to challenge you to spend this week and just set aside some time. Maybe it's with a friend, maybe it's with your spouse, maybe it's with yourself, whatever, and just think through your life and, and, and identify your blessed goals and keep going after them. But simultaneously, why don't you let God put some blessing goals on there? Because that's where the life you're looking for is really found. And so many people have found that out. And today, I want to help you start one of them, a blessing goal, right here, right now. We're in the middle of Be Rich. And um, if you don't know what Be Rich is, like I said, it's our annual campaign to uh, give, serve, and love. And today is about serving. We talked about giving last week. And if you still want to jump on board with the giving campaign, we're giving $39.95 to the nonprofits around our city and country. And by the way, the world who are doing incredible work, you can jump in on that. And give it, we're, we're looking for 100% participation. It all just goes straight to them. We don't take any of it. No administration fees, nothing. Today's about serving. And the, the one blessing goal that I would like to personally plant in your life starting today is the habit and the goal of serving our local community. We have like real, real needs within miles of this location that you're sitting in. But the good news is we have incredible partners who are doing something about it. And right now, they are in the courtyard right out there. And um, we're going to end service right now, about 15, 20 minutes early, or 15 minutes early. And we're going to go out there and you're gonna have a chance to sign up to serve at some point in the next couple of months. And I would love for you to do it. If you're watching online, um, we have a card and it's gonna be online as well. Um, you can find the partners on our webpage under the serve button of eastcupchurch.org slash be rich and you too can participate. So you're, you're on the hook at home, okay? You don't have a courtyard, but you got your computer, okay? So here it is. And um, I would wanna challenge every single one of us, go give an hour of your time. And if we all just went and served once, that would absolutely make a difference. We've already talked to them and they're like, oh yes, if the number of people in your church between who's here and online and who will be here next week did it, that would, make a, that would move the ball down the field in like homelessness and people that don't have health care and children that are at risk, so on and so forth, food scarcity, all that. Um, but what I'm actually hoping is that in the process, we will form a habit because we have some new goals. We're not just trying to be blessed. We're trying to be a blessing and we're like measuring our lives by that. So, be rich. Let's go be rich. Uh, I'm going to dismiss you at this time, and would love to invite you right out here, right out here, right? Nope, oh, I knew I had it wrong. Right out there. In fact, I can see them through this window. They're right out there. Go out these doors and to your right. If you have children, they're still in the children's ministry, and they will not be done for a while. We'll tell you when they are done. They're fine. We are all on it, but I'm going to free you up to go and uh, hang out there and meet some of our partners and go be rich. Let's give, serve, and love. Love you guys. You're dismissed. It's all right. It's all right.